Hi, I'm Ertiza from Tyler, Texas, a student pharmacist from the University of North Texas in Fort Worth. Hi, I'm Aubrey from Corinth, Mississippi, a student pharmacist from the University of Mississippi in Oxford, Mississippi. You're listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. In this episode, we talk to Dr. Todd Sorensen, professor in the Department of Pharmaceutical Care and Health Systems at the University of Minnesota College of Pharmacy and executive director of the Alliance for Integrated Medication Management in Minneapolis, Minnesota. Well, hello. I'm Stuart Haynes, and joining me is my co-host, Chase Board. We're from the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy, and welcome to the Pharmacy Forward podcast. Hi there. Our topic today is the patient care process, why it's important to adopt a consistent process of care, and we'll talk about some of the work that's being done to demonstrate the value of a systematic, consistently applied approach to patient care. So our guest today is Dr. Todd Sorensen from the University of Minnesota College of Pharmacy in beautiful Minneapolis, Minnesota, and home to the Gophers, the Twins, the Vikings, and of course, the Mall of America. So Dr. Sorensen has been a leader in pharmacy education, and he's a passionate advocate for adopting a consistent process of care, not just in pharmacy, but in all health disciplines. Among many of his accomplishments, Todd developed the Pharmaceutical Care Leadership Residency Program several years ago, and the graduates of that program have gone on to do some really great things leading practice change. And more recently, Dr. Sorensen was elected the American Association of Colleges as a pharmacy president-elect and will become the association's president in 2019. So we're absolutely delighted to have Dr. Sorensen on the Pharmacy Forward podcast today. Thank you, Stuart, and also to you too, Chase. Uh, This is one of my favorite topics to talk about. So Todd, the, the Joint Commission for Pharmacy Practitioners, or more affectionately known as JCPP, is a collaboration between 13 practitioner organizations representing a wide range of interests in pharmacy. And in 2014, all the member organizations of JCPP endorsed a conceptual framework for the delivery of patient care services in all pharmacy practice settings, which they called the pharmacist-patient care process. Now, I think many pharmacists and pharmacy residents and pharmacy students are familiar with the pharmacist-patient care process, but can you give us kind of a brief overview and walk us through the components of that process? I think, first of all, we, we should be reminded that, of course, every health discipline has a patient care process, and, and so we're talking about the pharmacist-patient care process. Within that, and what JCPP defined, uh, includes five broad steps of that process. The collection of information, whether that be from directly from the patient, whether it's from a health record, any sort of source of information that we need to move on to the next step of that process, which is to, to do the assessment, specifically looking at the medication-related needs of the patient that we're working with. Then moving the, the third part of that process is to use all of that information and to develop a care plan that meets those needs. And that care plan really needs to be developed in concert with the patient and the rest of the healthcare team. 
once that's been defined and is acceptable to the patient, uh, that care plan is implemented. And then finally, the last step is uh, the process of following up to make sure that any changes that were made actually achieve the outcome that were intended, that the patient's goals clinically, socially related to their medication use have been achieved. I learned about the pharmacist care, patient care process in pharmacy school. I've got to admit that not every pharmacist I met followed the entire process. For example, the pharmacist didn't always collect a comprehensive medication history during my hospital-based rotations, and we didn't always follow up with patients during my community pharmacy practice experiences. And I'm not certain there was always a clear plan about managing medications. So from my experience, it doesn't seem that a systematic and consistent process is applied to every patient encounter. Uh, don't, don't get me wrong, uh, it was used in some cases, but not all or even most. Uh, there are probably lots of reasons why it doesn't always happen. And I'd like to talk about the barriers in a moment. But first, I'm wondering why it's important to follow a consistent process of care. Well, Chase, I think you've really brought up a, a critical part of this. The why is this important? Not only what is it, but why is it important? And, uh, you know, first of all, to say, as I mentioned before, every discipline has a, a care process and it needs to be specific to that discipline. So part of why it's important is this is part of what differentiates what a pharmacist contributes to a team and what they provide to care as opposed to a nurse, a physician, or, or someone else. Uh, having a consistent care process is also important for ensuring that we deliver the same care to all patients, that it helps us uh, ensure that we're not missing anything, that uh, there is a, a consistency to what we do from patient to patient, and that it'll ensure that internally with our own practices that there's a quality associated with it. Next, it's important because patients and, and other providers on a team need to know what they can ex expect from a pharmacist. And so having a common care process delivered across the entire profession creates consistency and understanding between team members and between pharmacists and patients. And then finally, I've had conversations with healthcare payers that they recognize that there often is not this consistent care process in place. And they say, if this is something that we were going to purchase or buy on behalf of our beneficiaries, we need to know what we're paying for. And so consistency in practice and the delivery of this care through this care process is also important to being able to demonstrate value to those who ultimately pay for health care. If we look in the literature, we can see that these gaps exist. And oftentimes you get mixed results in terms of the delivery of care and the impact that it has on health. And one of the things that has been identified in, in a number of different places is the lack of definition of the care process as creating a heterogeneity in the practice model, which then leads to the inability to identify consistent outcomes. So there's a lot of reasons why this is important, both to individual practitioners, our relationships with patients and providers, and how we communicate value to those who pay for healthcare. So let's talk about some of the barriers. I know that pharmacists want to do the right thing and strive to provide the best possible care for their patients. What are the biggest barriers that prevent them from adopting the pharmacist's patient care process and applying it consistently to every patient encounter? Well, I think there's uh, a number of barriers, and, and there's a, a few of them that I can share today. And uh, I think it is important to acknowledge that there are barriers uh, to this, and so that we can think about how do we overcome those barriers if we if we believe that this is truly important to being able to establish this consistency in our discipline and the value that we bring, we have to find a way to overcome these barriers. 
the first one that comes to mind is is really still just a lack of knowledge. I know that I know it was stated before that there's a lot of people who are familiar with this, but in fact, there's still many pharmacists and students graduating who are not overly familiar or haven't had a lot of experience with it. I am reminded of not too long ago, a couple of residents coming into our residency program. This was probably uh, just a few years ago still. And uh, one of the first things that we do in our residency program is ensure that there is an understanding of the care process and the practice model. And so we provide some readings and so forth. And both of these individuals came from other schools of pharmacy to the University of Minnesota. And they uh, expressed to me this significant aha moment uh, of learning about this process, saying that neither one of them had learned it in school in a way that seemed applicable or related to practice. It was like a part of their role had opened up to them because they, they understood this better. So I think we still have a lack of knowledge, both within practitioners who have been practicing for a while and maybe didn't learn it in school, but also those who are graduating. I think we, another barrier is what the current expectations are for pharmacists, either placed on them by, by employers or by those who pay for health care. This, this type of, of care delivery is not necessarily part of those expectations. Workflow may not be conducive to doing this type of full scope of evaluation and uh, creating the systems to follow up and ensure that uh, medications are achieving the outcomes that they're intended to achieve. And then I think the other thing is that patients don't necessarily expect this. And so there's a self-accountability that we have to establish and, and uh, not necessarily deliver only when uh, a patient is expecting it. They may not have encountered this type of engagement with a pharmacist in this care process delivered in this way before. So we need to address the knowledge of our practitioners. We have to uh, figure out how to integrate this into our practice models so that this care process works in our workflow. And finally, we need to bring it forward to patients in a way that they become familiar with it and begin to expect it. So, Todd, I know you and others have been doing some scholarly work related to the patient care process. Uh, can you tell us a little bit about that work and what your findings have been so far? I think the first thing that, that we've learned in, in this work, we have been really focusing on how you implement this care process not just the outcomes when it's delivered a certain way, but how do we bring this into practice in an effective manner? And in doing so, we've been working with uh, implementation scientists where their focus and their training is in how we create consistent application of innovations in practice. And one of the first things that they told us when they reviewed the pharmacist patient care process material from JCPP that was referenced earlier is that this was a great start but it wasn't yet detailed enough in order to create that level of consistency. So we've spent over a year taking the JCPP work and expanding on it. And uh, when, when this work is, is presented, people aren't going to see any disconnect with what JCPP's developed. They're going to see an extension of that work and creating the detail in each of those five steps so that we can establish a level of consistency that can be measured. And in the implementation science world, that's called fidelity that there will be a level of fidelity that can be determined among practitioners. To help do that, the next step that we've been involved in is creating a self-assessment tool so that practitioners can actually go through a thought process of what do they do in practice daily and determine does it align with this definition of the patient care process and do a, um, a self-inventory of their work compared to that. And that can ultimately 
help lead to a, a fidelity assessment. And then the last thing I, I would mention that what we've learned from this is that we were working with sites that um, already had quite a bit of experience applying this patient care process to their practices. But even within this group of mature uh, practitioners, we did see some inconsistencies in the delivery of the patient care process. And then they fall into two areas uh, most commonly. The first one is in the assessment process, that second step, there is this um, process that a pharmacist goes through of identifying and naming, it's essentially our diagnostic process, naming the medication therapy problems that exist with a patient that then then leads to the care plan development to address those. In doing that, there is this process of ensuring that a patient, uh, all their medication needs are, and medications are indicated, and they don't have any unmet indications, that the medications that are prescribed are effective, that they're going to be safe, and that they're going to be convenient and used. And that's a systematic process in that order, because one of the things we commonly see is focus on adherence. But if a medication isn't the right one for the patient to take in the first place, if it's not going to be effective, it doesn't really matter if they are adherent to it or not. So that's the end of the thought process, the assessment process, rather than the beginning. And so we need to be consistent in that. And one of the lessons that we learned from the study is that not all the practitioners, despite years of experience, were applying the same assessment model. And I think that's really important because this is what distinguishes us from other practitioners. Those five steps of collecting and assessing and implementing care plans and following up are true of all practitioners. Pharmacists are unique because they focus on medication use and they apply a very specific assessment process to the identification of drug therapy problems. The, the other inconsistency that we found was lack of follow-up, that many times pharmacists were doing a, a very comprehensive assessment, creating strong care plans, uh, and assuring that the team and, and that patients were in agreement with those. But if you don't follow up to ensure the problem that was identified has actually been resolved, there's no way of being able to know that the service that you've provided is bringing value. And that gets into that evaluation process and being able to communicate to decision makers the work that a pharmacist does. So um, we have developed a, a clearer definition of the patient care process. We've created tools to help the adoption and assessment of it. There are resources that are currently available, and there'll be additional ones coming out as we build more awareness. One of them that I would like to highlight, and um, in part because it was a, a partnership with Dr. Haynes uh, and another author, but we do have a chapter now that's available in the most recent online version of pharmacotherapy that has taken that JCPP process and brought in some of those lessons from that study that, that we just discussed and builds out some of that definitional work in more detail. So I think that's a great resource. It's something that we hope that is going to be used in schools of pharmacy, but it's also available uh, to practitioners at this point too. And then another resource that excited about it and I think it's going to be a great resource for individuals is that we, as a part of that study we discussed, we're creating a a practice development portal, essentially, a, a platform on which uh, pharmacists will be able to access tools and resources associated with the implementation of comprehensive medication management and the application of this patient care process. There is um, common language that we've developed around this patient care process, which is that further extension of the JCPP work that will be on this uh, portal. 
The self-assessment tool that we talked about is going to be available there as well as other resources. Uh, One of them uh, is the development of a documentation tool for those that don't have a system already in place to support their application of this process, to be able to document for each patient encounter the medication therapy problems that they had identified and be able to track them and identify when they've been resolved. That's uh, another resource that will be available from a teaching standpoint as well as a really an application into practice to support the delivery of care. So we're excited about that, and I I think that people can look forward to seeing that being available this fall. Todd, I want to thank you for being on Pharmacy Forward podcast and for discussing the pharmacist-patient care process, and its universal adoption will improve the quality of patient care and increase the value of pharmacists in the delivery of uh, healthcare day. Yeah, thank you. Thank you very much, Todd. And uh, I'm sure people will find great value in in the discussion today. And we look forward to seeing the the portal as it comes online soon. Well, thanks for having me. I've enjoyed it and any opportunity to discuss this because I think it's really critical to our success as a profession. So I, I appreciate being able to do this through Pharmacy Forward. Thanks for listening to Pharmacy Forward, a podcast about transforming knowledge into action. If you like this podcast, please subscribe using your favorite podcast app and tell all of your pharmacy friends and colleagues. Be sure to rate us and send us your feedback. We'd love to hear from you. If you have a story you'd like to share about someone who's transforming knowledge into action, send us an email. Pharmacy Forward is produced by the Division of Pharmacy Professional Development at the University of Mississippi School of Pharmacy. For more information about our professional development programs, visit PharmacyCPD.org. That's PharmacyCPD.org. This episode was conceived and developed by Megan Brown, Laurie Fleming, Josh Fleming, and Stuart Haynes. Thank you.